This series that I've been doing, Power for Your Purpose, I, I felt um, it is, it's a broad topic on the, to the topic of the Holy Spirit. It's a very, it, it's, it's, it, it is very broad, and I'm trying to, to minister exactly what I feel the Lord wants us to say on this topic, because we really could stay on it till the end of the year. And as I thought, well, maybe that's enough that I, I just wanted to, to pack, unpack some of these, these key items about the person and, and, and how we need the Holy Spirit to accomplish that purpose for which we have in the world. And, and you, I've said this a few times, but just because, you know, we cannot absolve ourselves by the finished work of the cross, we cannot absolve ourselves from the unfinished work of the church. You know, we, we preach a lot of unfinished work here. We, you, to know that, that, that there, is a, uh, sorry, uh, uh, there is a finished work of the cross. And it's so important to understand that the work has been done. Corin uh, mentioned it earlier. She said, she said you, to know that we have been given everything for life and godliness. I remember... Um, you know, if you stay here for any amount of time, you're going to hear a few different definitions of words. And, and I challenge you. I mean, go, go and study them out. Go and check them out in the Word of God. But I remember, um, you know, my upbringing, I, for example, um, you know, when it's that, that, so, that, that word that says, like, you know, break down the walls, you know, of, of all my tradition, you know, all those things, and you know, my religion. And, and is that something that's a desire in your heart? I trust that the fact that you even come to Lake Haven does mean that because if you are just wanting to sort of get a religious fix, this is probably not the most comfortable church for you. And, and, and that's okay. You know, I, we love you. And if you don't like Lake Haven, I will even help you find a good church if, if you tell me where you want to go. I mean, but, but, I t but I tell you, it's not just because we're going to be anti-religious for the sake of being anti-religious. I just want tradition and religion can totally keep us not where I believe God wants us to go. And I know we've got our own set of kind of traditions and religions that we've got to be aware that we're following the Holy Spirit. Amen. But, but, you know, I remember there was this thing, and I remember being a, a younger Christian, and, and, and you know, they, I, they, were, they, were, they were encouraging people to, we, you know, come to the altar and, and do something. And by that altar, they meant, you know, sort of the front of the church here. There's no real altar here. We don't murder any animals and pour their blood out anywhere. This is not an altar. That's a tradition, another religious thing that we say. This is not a sanctuary. There's nothing sanctuary about this. This is a room. Sorry to pop the bubble. We can put stained glass windows, but it doesn't make the room holy. Jesus doesn't live in the room. There is no altar here. Now, I know that's hard for some people to hear because some people want, they like identifying with the tradition or they like identifying. But we've got to get past that if we're going to live in the New Testament kingdom of God. Jesus said the way that we enter the kingdom of God is starting by repenting. And repenting is not bawling and crying here. Repenting is being willing to change your mind and to hear what he has to say some about things. So I, I, it's about having a teachable heart and opening your heart to what he has to, do, to say. Amen. That is the only way that we can participate in the kingdom of God is by having a repentant and a teachable heart. Okay. <laughs> it's getting quiet. Okay. So in, anyhow, 
um, you know, I remember, so, so coming, to the, coming to the front over here, and I was like, okay, Lord, um, you know, and, and then people were saying, well, just receive, brother, just receive. I don't know if you ever had that. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little into, I, I, I have a problem. My head gets in the way. And, and, I, and I, I, I have a problem with my brain, and, and, and I find that I, intellectually, sometimes, I, it's, it's, it, your intellect can separate you from the love of God. Your intellect can separate you, and, and this, I'm trying to say this carefully. I'm not saying that you have to throw away common sense or your intellect to follow Jesus, but sometimes if you try and understand everything intellectually, you will totally miss the boat. You will totally miss the boat because, because God is, God, God is a, you know, we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And I'm not going to go into that, but First Thessalonians talks about this, this a spirit, soul, and body. And it's important for us to know that each one of us have, we are a spirit. We, we have a spirit man, the hidden man of the heart, the inner man is spirit. But then we have a soul where our soul is our, our intellect, our mind, our will, our emotions. That's a part of us. That's part of, that's even when God breathed into Adam, he created, he breathed in him, he made him a living soul, a soul. And then we have a body and, and a body is a physical body that connects with this world and this body, this world body that Jesus has got the first, you know, he's got a, a real physical body. Even in heaven today, he has a glorified body. Now, when you and I die or here before Jesus comes, our body stays here until we get resurrected bodies, glorified bodies, right? But what I'm talking about is the three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And they, these things interact with each other. And if you stay around here long enough, you'll learn that I'll show you how they interact a little bit because it's important. Your spirit reacts, in, interact, your soul interacts with your body, your body, all of these things connect and I believe they all come together in what I call the heart. The heart and the spirit are different. I'm not going to try and go off too much on a tangent on this because that's a whole topic that we teach a lot on. But, but the, point, the point is that, that here, spirit, soul, and body, they have interactions. That's why, um, for example, if you just think about something, you can just be sitting calm and, you're sitting, and you can start thinking certain thoughts and eventually you can be super angry. I mean, you can turn on the news. You can let your ears start hearing something, which is part of your body. Your eyes start seeing something, which is part of your body. And you can get super angry. Or you can watch sports or a comedy and you can laugh and, you can, and your, your whole demeanor will change. You can experience laughter. You can experience, experience joy. You can experience happiness. Or you can experience anger. And all you're doing is sitting in a chair. You, you're, you're, you're interacting. We naturally interact with these different parts of our, our body. We use our imagination, which is part of our mind. And, and God tells us to use our imagination. And, and, and learning these, these things is it's important if we're going to live a real, authentic Christian life. Now, last, the last time I spoke on this topic, you know, I spoke about... God's power, and, and I was just talking about the different kinds of power in Greek, and, 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 and you know, sort of, and, and it's important to get sort of a distinction um, about how God's power works, because, because there's a lot of people who are religious and tradition, they want, to, they want to serve God out here. In other words, what they want to do is just sort of come to church on a Sunday, or go to a sanctuary, and light a candle, or do something, or give money. 
And then they feel like they've done their bit for God. They don't feel like they're, that Jesus has actually called them into a, a, a personal relationship with him. That, that, in, that involves the whole being. When you, create, when you come to Jesus and you make him Lord of your life, that is Lord of all of your life, right? Yeah. And, and so God's power is not just an extrovert thing. It's not an external thing. I've had the privilege of being on crusade fields, and it's wonderful to see, to see people's lives changed and many, many miracles and things like that. But, but you see, even Jesus experienced that, and we read that in the New Testament, that if you just look for the external, you will just chase the external. Yeah. You will think, so you will run off to, oh, Benny Hinn's going to be in town. Let's go. Or so-and-so's going to be in town. And if, you can, if you're not what, careful, you're chasing the external. Right. Or you're going from conference to conference to conference to try and get a fix. Oh, I just need that healing. When so-and-so prays for me, you see, because we have not learned how to appropriate the power of God inside of us. So when I was told, sitting at the altar here, oh, just receive, brother. And I was like, I'm trying to receive. <laughs> How do I do it? You know, it's like, oh, just receive, Shannon, just receive. I wish I knew. Somebody just tell me. What do you mean by receive? I was frustrated. Eventually, I got super angry. I was like, would somebody, for Pete's sake, just tell me how I receive? Because it's all great to say, just receive it, brother. Just receive it. Any of you know how? <laughs> no. Just say, you see, you see, the word of God is um, it, it's a lamp into our feet, a lamp into our path, and a light. And sorry, a light. Thank you. You, one of you, will get it. I can't remember it. No. Um, but it is. The Word of God is going to teach us. You know, unfortunately, the Word of God is going to light our way. It's going to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's going to show us how we need to go. It's going to show us what reality is. I'm going to say this, but this is profoundly important. You do not live in reality. You live, currently, every one of us live in our perception of reality. You haven't adopted a certain amount of traditions, religions, belief systems that you believe are real. Every one of us. You see, the only one who lives in true reality is God. He knows how things truly are. And he is trying to say, listen, this is why we get encouraged. Listen, renew your mind. Put off the old nine. Renew your mind. Put on the new man. And all of these things we're going to get to in another series. But right now, but, but the, the, the point is that the reality, there's only one who sees reality as reality is. Now, when you are born again, and I assume most of you here are born again, and if you're not born again watching on TV or here, or if you came with a friend, when you get born again, when you cry out to Jesus and, he, and, you, and you say, because uh, Romans chapter 10 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah. Praise God. So if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Amen. Not you might be saved. You will be saved. And saved is healed, delivered, set free, made whole. All of the things that sozo encompasses. That's not, but you know what we do with our tradition? We package that all up to one day in the sweet spot by and by, you'll get a ticket through the pearly gates. No. 
No, 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 no. We need salvation now in every capacity. But if we don't believe that, if we don't understand that, because we're living in this cloudy idea of what we think is salvation or this cloudy idea of our reality, we don't know how to appropriate what God has already given us, given us everything for life and godliness. You know, that is a fact. You know, when you get born again, that God actually comes and indwells you and His Spirit becomes one, it says, with your spirit. Now, that's a big deal. We can unpack that in another series. You become one. You are in union with God. As I've said in other times in the series, He doesn't come and go. He lives. He dwells inside of you. He settles to abide with you forever. I mean, that's what the Bible says. But you see, again, if we're not careful, we haven't taken the Word of God and appropriated. We don't remember and we don't understand what His benefits are. So Psalm 103, you heard this bit, uh, verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases. And that doesn't stop there. Who redeems your life from the pit. Anybody been in the pits? Or maybe just me. Everybody else is great. Okay. It redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with steadfast love, which is chesed, man, which is loving kindness and tender mercies. Amen. Who satisfies you. Man. Do you know that God is the only thing that can truly satisfy? He's the only thing that can make you whole. I just heard this, Will, Will Smith made, had an article, he's the same age, me, me and Will Smith share a birthday actually, literally the same day, and, and uh, he just came out and said this recently, he said, you know, it was a little while ago I realized that everything that I have, I was at the pinnacle, Jaden and my son and daughter, they were all at the pinnacle, they were doing great things, and he says, and I realized something was missing. You see, you see, we always, typically in the human world, we chase what we think is success. But there is only one thing that truly satisfies. Now, you will. You will chase whatever you think will satisfy, and then eventually you will find out, ah, uh, the news car smell wears off. No matter what it is. You think that marriage is going to complete you? Really? Good luck with that. No, it's wonderful. Marriage is designed by God and things like that. But, but you, you know, the Bible tells us that he who will be married is going to have problems. You know that it actually says that. Yeah, there's a scripture that tells you you're going to have trouble. But um, it's not because God created. Listen, guys, we are imperfect beings. We walk together. We get committed to one another. There's lots of things. But I'm telling you this. I'm trying to say that there is only one. And it says here, he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God is a satisfier because that is what you are molded into. You, he created you. He created us. He formed us. He made all of this. But you see, we've slowly been boiled like the proverbial frog into understanding, well, this all just happened and happenstance and the world around us. Oh, you know, we don't believe this and we don't believe this. And slowly and slowly, all the word of God has been diluted by science which is really no science at all. There's so much science providing what God, showing what, that what God did has happened. There's so much science. 
so much science. There's videos after videos of creationists and people that can show you scientifically. But you see, that stuff is never promoted. Why? Because the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well in the world. And he's in charge of our institutions and our political and our news broadcasts. So this is the cloud. This is the matrix that gets pulled down over your eyes. So you've got to decide, are you going to take the blue pill or the red pill? Some of you remember the matrix. Maybe I'm too old. But, but it's your choice. Are you going to take one of those and wake up? Which reality are you going to live in? Do you want to wake up in your bed and just carry on pretending that this is the real world? Or do you want to walk into authentic reality? You see, God's Spirit does indeed come and say, when you, when you call out to, to God, and I'm not saying that you're not going to, you can't be born again and go to heaven. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and participating in that and showing us how we can participate in its benefits. There's benefits. You want to know why we live defeated lives or sick lives or lives of lack? Why we don't see what, we, what people say about the Bible coming to pass? That's because we don't, we, don't take it, we, don't, we don't really want to accept what the Word of God tells us. Now, I'm not saying that we don't say with our head, yeah, 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 I believe that. I'm not talking about agreement. I'm not, so, I'm, I'm not saying that you agree that the Word of God is right. I'm talking about believing with your heart, that part that connects your spirit and your mind. That place, because that is the place that you need to allow to be aligned with God. And I've got a toy here. Let me just find here. Let me just see which toy it is. Not this one or this one or this one. It's one of these. Oh, here it is. My, my valve. Now, we don't have a zoom lens, nothing. But this is just a simple valve. It's open or it's closed. One way. That when it's this way, things can flow. You can see through here right now. But you, with your mind and your belief system, you can either let the life of God flow from your spirit through you, or you can choose not to renew your mind to truth, not to persuade your heart, not to align your heart with the things of God, and you can prevent it. All of the truth is still true. God is still inside of you. If you're born again, God is inside you. He's never going to leave you. But you see what we do is we get interrupted. We get interrupted. And so suddenly we think, well, I've got to, I don't see it in my life. So now because we don't believe God's word, we keep asking God, oh God, please, Send it, or like I was trying to do, receive it. I don't know, how do I receive it? Because I don't believe that I have it, so I have to wait for God to give it to me, or get ticked off at Him because He isn't giving it to me. When's He going to give it to me? I've been waiting for years and years. When's my healing going to come? When's this going to come? When's that going to come? I have been given, according to 2 Peter and other places, everything for life and godliness. 
So receiving what this God has brought me, the fullness of everything. Man, I'm telling you what, this is not even my message today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got to go to the scripture. I know, I know God's telling, I just don't know why he does this with me, but that's okay. I'm sorry, I can blame him. Maybe it's me that I need to blame. Just receive it. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Yes, I've got Dan's permission. Yes. I pray, verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I know Janine's pretty sharp on that stuff, but... Um, Ephesians 1.17, I pray that God is, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe. I, I probably changed translation. Oh, sorry, I've got the wrong translation here. I've got it CSB. But um, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the, work, uh, to the mighty working of his strength? Paul, Paul is saying, guys, you need to know him. You need to have a revelation. You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know what is the hope of his calling. You see... We only find our calling in context of His calling. What is the hope of His calling? Right? Um, what is the wealth of His, glory, his, of, of his glorious inheritance in the saints? We're a partaker. You've heard me say this a thousand times. We partake in His inheritance. He earned the inheritance. The exchange of salvation. He took our sin and faults and failures. We, he became sin for us, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And, and we became the very righteousness of God. That's crazy. If you believe that, that's the son of God. Taking off his robe of righteousness and putting it on you, you filthy, rotten sinner, you. And taking, and taking your sin on him. That I'm the right, very righteousness of God. Not because I deserved it. It's just because He's good. Yes. The glorious inheritance. He's, and, then it, and then it says in Acts 8, blows us away. And he says, listen, if I gave you Jesus, do you think I'll not give you everything? If he gave you heaven's best, why would us? But you see, we, we, we stay trapped in this, this matrix of our belief system. And if we don't get our hearts aligned, then we, get, we can have the kingdom of God, which Jesus said. The kingdom of God is not that other. It's within you, right? The kingdom of God is in you. Don't look for it out there. Look for it here. When we receive the kingdom, when we receive his truth. So when we, the receiving is allowing myself to believe and align my heart with what is true. I don't have to go and get it from God. Now, I know some of you will struggle with that. I did. And that's okay. You ask the Holy Spirit. You work with Him. If you want truth, He will bring you into light. Only those who seek will find. Only those who knock the door will be open. And that goes for everything. You have got to be hungry for it. Yes. Amen. 
Amen. Yes. Um, I, you know, the um, with you know uh, Joshua one verse eight as well as Psalm one talks about meditating on the Word of God so that we can be prosperous and successful. And this is what I believe the Lord was telling Joshua and we see in Psalm 1. It's in meditating on the Word of God. That's how we get it to work on. That's, that's a part of the process. And I'm not going to go into to that piece. But, but I just wanted to, because, because um, I, I finished off the last time and I said, you know, praying in the Spirit is a key piece. Of learning about praying in the Spirit is a key piece of allowing as to unlock what's inside of us. And, and I'm not going to, for, for those of you who have never heard um, us teach on, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, or so on, we've got FAQs on our website. You can go and watch them. We've got a great book that I highly recommend by Andrew Womack called The New You and the Holy Spirit. And if you struggle with it, I, I, I encourage you, grab one of those little books. They're not long. And study it. Because only you and Jesus can figure that out if you let your heart be repentant. Yes. If you let your heart be teachable to receive what it says. And I, honestly, I mean, I struggled with it. I just didn't have the tools that we have today when I, was, was when, when I ex experienced that. But I didn't want to go into sort of justifying the whole tongues. We, we're one of very few churches in this area that talks about praying in the Spirit and tongues. And, and I'm not trying to, 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 to go into, to, like I said, to explain everything about what praying in the Spirit is that today. I mean, if that is an issue, that, that's something that you struggle with, stick around. You will hear us. But I'm, what I want to talk about a little bit, because I think this was on my heart, was I wanted you to grasp this concept of it being praying in the Spirit itself is a gateway. It's like a valve into stirring up the gift within you. It's, it's, an, it's a way uh, to, to, to connect what's in you to what's the, the it's like a, I'm trying to get the right words here. It, it's like, a, it's like, it's like a connecting your head and your heart with what you, is in your spirit, your mind. Actually, the Bible says that your mind is unfruitful. It says that in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 39. Oh, uh, sorry, verse, where is it? Uh, 14 verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Now, that is pretty amazing because when everybody has a problem with praying in the spirit or praying in tongues, they're like, well, I, I just gobbledygook. Well, yes, <laughs> it is gobbledygook to your brain because guess what? You and I aren't smart enough at our massively spiritual state, right. not, to understand how to pray. Amen. God created this place where we can pray in the Spirit. And, it, and um, he says it facilitates intimacy. This is most important. Um, look at uh, 14 verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the Spirit. In the spirit. In, in the, the um, Passion Translation, it says he's speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. You are praying directly to God. You are bypassing your head. You are bypassing your head. You see, like I said, our head isn't smart enough. Sometimes our head is clouded. 
Sometimes we've got so much tradition and so much religion in our head. God helps us with the Spirit inside us through the praying in the Spirit. That's why it's one of the things that's so powerful. Because it's like I said, mind is, it's not, I'm not praying with my mind. I am praying with my spirit and I'm praying directly to God. When you pray in the spirit, you know, you can pray in the spirit, or, you know, and many of you know, I have, have prayed in the spirit before, but I want you to tell, this is not something that's a gift. I'm not talking about the gift of one of the nine gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. I am distinguishing this, and if you read these books, there is a difference. I'm not talking about a, a, the gift of, be, of, of, of a, in a congregation like we do on Wednesday nights here when there is a tongue given and somebody interprets the tongue, and that equals prophecy. That is a gift of the Spirit, and that is a word given to a congregation through that channel. Okay? I'm talking about where Paul says, I pray more than all of you in the Spirit. And then he even says that later, he says, forbid not praying in, in, in tongues. Don't forbid it. He says in, later on in chapter 14, I forget exactly which verse it is, but right to the end. He says, don't stop it. He says, I eagerly desire. He says, eagerly desire. He says, don't forbid praying in tongues, but eagerly desire that you can prophesy. Now, talking about, like I said, I'm, I don't want to go too deep into gifts and how they operate because Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 should be read together. If you want to understand how the spiritual stuff works, sit down, take chapter and verse out, and read 12, 13, and 14 together. And now you've heard me say that many times, especially on Wednesday nights. We practice this. Okay? So, but, it, but so we see in 14, verse 4, then I'm going to talk about this. So, one... Praying it connects us with, directly with the Father. Secondly, it says over here, encourages, verse 4 uh, of the, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up or edifies himself, it says in other translations, builds himself up. The one who prophesies builds up the church, but tongues builds you up. And the word is oikodomio. Um, uh, oikos in, is, is uh, a house. Uh, sorry, oikos is to build, and, and then, yeah, a home, and domio, it, it's to erect a building. It's up from the foundation. You establish yourself by praying in the Spirit. You build, you literally, I've heard um, Audrey Mack say it this way, it's like charging your cell phone. Now, not that your spirit can go flat, okay? I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. But, but to, build, to build, it literally says, one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. He oikodomius. He, 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 he establishes. He builds himself up. Okay? So it promotes growth, etc., etc. Verse 3. Uh, sorry. Number 3 I, want to, I wanted to touch on. Um, it says that the Holy Spirit gives us understanding. I don't know if... if I, I certainly did experience this. I'd been in a very traditional church, and I'd got saved in a traditional church, and I'm so grateful for what I learned that got me saved. But what happened to me was when I was filled with the Spirit, when I was about 15, 16 years old, I didn't understand what was happening. But one thing did happen. Suddenly, the Word of God was starting to, I was starting to understand it. It was like it made sense. And I've heard different people explain it very similarly. You get, it's like the Word of God becomes like 3D or it becomes full color. It's like suddenly it takes, it's, it's not just this, book. The Holy Spirit, it's like, it's, it, it helps you grasp what God is saying. 
So praying in the Spirit is directly, he says that when the Spirit, um, Jesus said this would happen, the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, verse, uh, John 14, verse 26, but when the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I'm telling you, if you're struggling with understanding stuff, if you're struggling, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. He will bring you understanding. I know I'm flashing through things. There's a reason, okay? Build up your faith. Jude, uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up, there it is again, in your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal um, life. So this word is slightly different. It's ep oikodomio. It's to build upon a foundation already established. He says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. So when you pray in the Spirit, you can actually build your faith. Now listen, guys, I'm not writing these scriptures. I'm showing you these scriptures. I'm showing you God's view and opinion of praying in the Spirit. You can choose to believe it or not. You can choose to benefit from its benefits or not. You can choose to say, well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, that's fine. Most of the Christian world doesn't. And that's okay. God doesn't love you any less. We don't do this so we can get loved by God. Do you know that God loves you as much as he loves sinners, right? For God so loved the world. Somehow we've turned that we got so twisted in religion, we think God loves us more than he loves the world. <laughs> oh, it goes real quiet like, what? You mean he loves people? I'm not saying God can't get angry, and I'm not saying that God can't be upset at people. I'm not saying that we can't grieve the Spirit. I'm saying that God's love supersedes us. God loves people. He loves you. He loved you while you were a sinner. He, thank God he loved me when I, but he, yes, we're his children and, and he has, we have favor as his children. We step into a whole different dimension as his children. But God, it's never been about earning God's love. If you're chasing God, earning God's love, you're on a treadmill that's not no end. You're running hard and you're never going to make God love you anymore. You've already got love. That is not the goal. God is love. He loves you. Full stop. Period. Amen. 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 Nothing. Amen. Nothing. You are unconditionally loved. That doesn't mean that God in His love wants you to walk in His way. He wants you to walk in the light of His path. He wants you to accept truth that can set you free, Jesus said. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. The deliverance that Jesus came, the salvation that you can have, it all comes through that. So here he says, he says, he, telling us this truth, he says, you build your faith up by praying in the Spirit. He says, he says, and you keep keeping yourself in the love of God. He says, it's almost like guarding yourself. If you go and look it up, it's, it's guarding yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the center of God's love. I tell you what, the devil... He is such a deceiver. He does not have power. He was defeated and disarmed. That's right. But he has as much power as we assign to him with our belief system. And if, he, if you think he is powerful, he'll be powerful. But he has literally, according to Colossians 
been defeated and disarmed. There's been a triumphal procession. He is defeated. We have been given power over all the power of the enemy. These are truths, guys. I'm, I've had the fortune of, of fortunate, I've been in the fortunate position of living this out in Central Africa. I don't care how many witch doctors you bring and how many magical arts they can do and how many times they can transform in from a crocodile into a man or back again. Yep. I don't get all of that stuff, but you know what? Sorcery and magic is real. Just so you think that that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, the Bible talks about sorcery and magic. I don't care. You can have a whole horde of witch doctors that were living for our destruction, and I know who I am in Christ. I don't lose a sleep. I don't lose sleep because somebody's got scared of a demon. I know who I am. I know who I am in Christ. I know who Jesus made me. So here, by praying in the Spirit, you get your heart persuaded. You, as all of these things, you're building yourself up. Then the, I, I can't even go here today because it's just so full on Romans 8. We'll have to leave it for another time. I'm, I, I, that scripture is so powerful in Romans 8 that says that how he helps us. He helps us. When we pray in the Spirit, he knows how to help us where we are. There, it is so rich. I just want to leave you with that little tidbit in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, that he says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He helps you. He doesn't do it for you. He helps you. And like I said, I can literally spend a whole message on those two verses, and I just don't have time today. I'll, I'll come that's Romans 8, 26 and 27. You can study it on your own if you want to, and then we'll talk about it some other time, but it's so full. You can break down those words, and it's amazing what the praying in the Spirit. Not only do you pray the perfect will of God, but He helps you. You can study that word helps. It's a, not just normal word. It's in any case, another time. Another time. <laughs> okay, and then I, I want to talk about this one. Um, he brings... He brings rest and refreshing. It's so powerful. In, um, I think it's in, it, this, this scripture is actually quoted when the Bible talks about, in 1 Corinthians 14, that chapter we've been speaking about, talking about praying in tongues, he quotes the same verse. And then he says, um, in, in, from um, Isaiah chapter 26, 11 and 12, I'm reading it, this out of the New King James Version though. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. To whom he has said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Now the first part of that verse is quoted in 1 Corinthians 14, speaking about tongues. But here it actually says that speaking in the Spirit, God will once speak to us through stammering lips. This is quoted in the context of tongues in the New Testament. And then he says this, he says, this is the rest. Here is refreshing. You need a vacation, you need some rest, you need some refreshing, you need to assign some time to praying in the Spirit. Yeah, you will keep him in perfect peace, it says in Isaiah 26.3, who, 
whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You know, there, there, there are many other benefits. You know, the, the Holy Spirit will bring boldness to you. He will teach us. Like we said, He will remind you of things. He will lead us and guide us. He will show us things to come. There is, there is many things the Holy Spirit is intended as the helper. In John chapter 14, 15, 16, Jesus spoke extensively about the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's the reason we have that, that Bible study online. It is so, we've got, I don't know, 35, 36 pages. No, each one of those devotionals is about two pages long. And there's about 33, 34 of them. It's a devotional. If you want to download it, you can go to our website and look under the, the, the resources page. And you'll see there's a, we just say Devo on there for devotional. And, and you can go and learn about just the different aspects of what the Holy Spirit has, does for us. But guys, you know, if I don't renew my mind to the truth of these things, then the Holy Spirit, even though He indwells me, he's, um, He is limited because we're not renewing our minds. We're not doing this, this thing here. We're not letting Him out. We're not aligning our hearts. Sorry, I couldn't even turn it now. There you go. We're not even aligning, we're not even, we're not aligning our hearts, we're not aligning our minds with the truth. When, when our hearts are aligned with truth, or we can say, nope, you know what the Bible calls that? Unbelief. So if, whether it's ignorance, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. You see, we can be destroyed because we don't know. How many people have had got a check in their name and never cashed it? Or never picked up the mail? How many benefits have you been given and you've never been able to cash it because you've not known about it or how to cash the check? How to appropriate what's in yours? We have to be willing to repent, align ourselves with truth, and, and that's how we do it, the work of the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit. He is designed to help us. He is the helper, the comforter. You see, again, I, I want you to remember, I'm going to take you back to what this whole series is about, power for your purpose. You see, we have a collective purpose. And as I said right in the beginning, we have a collective purpose, and that is to fulfill the great suggestion is that what it's called? You don't, are, we called to, are we called to fulfill the great suggestion? No. Guys, we find purpose in fulfilling what Jesus told us to fulfill. The only thing, do you realize this time that we're in is so insignificant? 80 or 100 years in eternity is insignificant. Why spend money, Isaiah says, on what is not food? What, what, why spend money on things that cannot satisfy? We, we have a purpose. The only thing we can take to heaven is people. This world, we, we are in the, for whatever reason, you and I have been born at such a time as this. You have, cre you have been created for a purpose, to fulfill a purpose. 
you have a unique and significant role. You are not just number 6,254. You are unique. You have a role to play that without you, we hurt. Without you fulfilling what you are called to do, the body of Christ is less effective. You know why? Because we are his hands and feet in this world. If we don't do it, it doesn't get done. If we don't invest in the kingdom with our time, with our resources, without, if we don't do it, and you know what? If we get, that's Satan's strategy is to keep us in la-la land. He wants to keep us arguing on Facebook and I don't have anything against social media. Social media has got a place for it. But, but I'm telling you, I think there's such a demonic strategy today to keep us distracted. We are chasing distraction to distraction to distraction. My poor kids, I'm watching now they have more things than I had to be distracted about. <coughs> cell phones can keep you on. I mean, you, you get addicted to your cell phone, right? Or is it just, whether it's news or whether it's social media or I've got to stay, what is it doing? It's putting your eyes and your ears on where, now I'm not saying there's a place, I'm not saying it's evil. I'm just saying that the strategy is evil. The strategy that is, keeps us distracted from keeping us in this matrix of tradition and religion, of what you think it is, you have to be intentional if you want to break free. It's not because Jesus hasn't set us free, it's because your head doesn't know it. You have to connect with the life of God that is already inside of you. You have to allow the Spirit of God to work with you. You have to, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So please, please. If you aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, make sure that you understand that. Get hold of that book, The New You and the Holy Spirit. And if you can't afford it, come and talk to us and we'll get you one of those books. But I'm telling you, you need to read that. And I'm not saying just read it. You need to study that. When you find a scripture that Andrew writes, you go and pull out your own Bible and read. Because he'll use the King James Version. You go and read your own Bible. You go and study it. You read it in context. You find out every issue that you've had because religion and tradition has taught you something about the Holy Spirit or about praying in the Spirit or whatever. You need to go and get your mind renewed. Because we need His help. You and I need the Holy Spirit. He is not some doctrine on the wall or some, in some statement of faith. It's good. Oh, well, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, whoop-dee-doo. Demons believe in Jesus, too. That doesn't do anything for you. What are you doing with what he taught you, with what he's taught us? Most Christians, I mean, Andrew says this. I mean, the word of God does set us free. And I'm going to just finish with that. But, but he says most Christians, and I think this is sadly true, don't let the word of God get in the way of what they believe. That's sad. And I'm telling you, the person that it hurts, one, it's obviously you. You are affected because you cannot live the abundant life that Jesus gave you to live. You, cannot, you can't participate in all the benefits that he's created you to live in. And you can't fulfill the... the, the we, can't, we miss out. Look, we love you coming on Sunday, but you've got a role in the kingdom. I love hearing the stories about some of you, what, what, what's been happening in some of your hearts and what's happening in Walmart and what's happening in workplaces. 
Man, people are getting healed because we've got little Jesuses running around here. And it's not just, and it's not just healing. It's people being, lives being set free. Because we've got little Jesuses running around. So thank God for that. But you have, I want you to know, no matter if you're sitting there today and you think, I'm just not, I'm just not one of those people. Yes, you are. You just don't know it. Amen. Will you? Will you choose to open your heart? Will you choose to say, Lord, I repent. I choose to change my mind. That's what repentance is. Amen. Let's do that. Close your eyes and if you want to open your heart, your hands, however you want to just surrender, that's what we sang. I surrender. Here I lay it down. Are those just going to be songs we sing? Because that's what we do in church. We sing songs. We give money. We listen to some boring guy and then we go home. You're called to great things. Jesus. Jesus. If you're not saved, that's all you need to call out is Jesus save me. If you're watching online, you just need to call out to Jesus and say, Jesus save me. You, you mean that from your heart and he will meet you where you're at. I promise you. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You make him your Lord and you will be saved. That's where it starts. But brother and sister, step into the light of his kingdom. Step into the light of his life and love. You, each one of us have always got a step that we can take. And so choose to yield to that right now. Just say, Lord, I yield to that right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I open my heart to your truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the teacher of the church. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our helper and our comforter. I speak peace. Thank you, Father, that there is healing and there is hope for the hopeless, for the saddened and the depressed. Thank you, Father, that sickness and pain just dissolves in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We just yield to you. Hallelujah. Amen. I just, I feel that as you just yield to the Holy Spirit this morning like that, just like you're doing it, I just sense you. It's such a beautiful thing. Don't be afraid of silence. When you go home, find some time. You know, you don't even have to say anything. Just sit with him. Let him love on you. Let him remind you of how much you're loved and how valuable you are. Yield to his truth. Let his word of God change your heart, what you believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this morning, if, um, as we close here, we, we have a... a, a